Welcome back to the Always Aggressive Podcast. I'm uh, Corey Palm alongside Tanner Lipset, head coach Tony Ursland, and Earl Smith from the Open Mat joins us this week. Uh, Earl, really appreciate you being on the show. Thanks. Love uh, getting the opportunity to talk wrestling, especially Purdue wrestling program that I really like following. Like we said, Earl, appreciate the time. Um, you know, you, uh, you, you've got one of the upstart sites here in the wrestling world. Um, you know, tell us a little bit about your, your background in wrestling and, and uh, how it became your, your, your daily love and your work. Sure. So uh, I'll try to make this concise as possible. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, I, I uh, didn't come from a wrestling family. Uh, my, my mom's brothers are both football players, and one of them uh, is 12 years older than me. So as I'm four or five years old, I'm following him around. And he actually got uh, dragged out to the wrestling mat by one of his coaches who said, if you don't wrestle, you're not going to start next year. So him and a bunch of his friends, uh, they wrestled for two years and he was a state qualifier, did well for himself. But, you know, I was a five-year-old running on the mats and, you know, the guys are throwing me around. And uh, so at a wrestling match, one of his matches, a guy came up to my mom and asked if he, if the little kids wrestling already. And she didn't think that five-year-olds wrestled, you know, growing up in Virginia, we didn't have the, the tradition that some of the other states in the Midwest have, but somehow uh, in, you know, the mid eighties uh, before the internet, she found a wrestling club and I took to it and, um, you know, continued throughout my high school career. And uh, I, I think that since I didn't have that, you know, dad that wanted me to be the state champion or the Olympic champion or anything, you know, pressure like that, that it was just always, something I loved and, you know, love to this day. And, it, you know, it was always me wanting to do it. So, you know, fast forward um, after college, just started going into my old wrestling room, just kind of being a practice dummy. And uh, it kind of progressed from there into a full-time coaching position. My work changed and getting to practice at three o'clock every day just wasn't possible and uh, so this was the summer of 2007. So um, I said, well, you know, I want to do something to be involved with the sport and uh, started a website called d1collegewrestling.net. And I worked all summer to, you know, research this. And, um, and, and at the time, you know, flow wrestling was just Martin out of his van. It wasn't, you know, nobody really knew what to make of it at that point. And, you know, Jason Bryant was kind of leaving Intermat at that time. So there, I thought college wrestling was kind of underserved at that point in time. And so I spent all summer working on this website. And <clears throat> at some point, I'm like, this is, it, this is it. I can't do any more with it. So I went and sent an email to every coach and SID in the country I could find and said, this is my website. This is it. You know, I'm going to cover wrestling. And uh, I, I like to, I joke, this was, uh, you know, before we had emails synced up to our phones and stuff like that. So I was out at uh, dinner with my wife at Pancho Villa's Mexican restaurant. And, uh, you know, I, I told her about, you know, I hadn't told her about what I was doing. I, I said, told her the whole spiel. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of Bye. the <laughs> I'm kind of the idea guy and you know she's like I like to say she's the implementer so you know her first question was what are you going to do with this and I said I don't know um, and you know she asked me like two or three more questions and I think I don't know was my answer to all of those questions but uh, you know I went back, you know, right away after dinner, ran back to my desktop and checked my emails. And the first one I got was from Kerry McCoy, who was the head coach at Stanford at the time. And uh, he had a, you know, really good, uh, you know, really great feedback says, you know, uh, the lineup's actually going to look like this. This guy's probably going to bump. This guy's going to red shirt. You know, uh, here's our schedule. It hasn't been released. Here's a couple of recruits that, you know, we signed late. Uh, you know, keep up the good work. And that was just like fuel for the fire. And uh, after about a month or so, I came back to my wife and said, okay, well, uh, you know, at, at some point, this is going to either lead to, uh, you know, I don't know, somebody paying me to 
run this website, you know, making money off of advertising, or it's just going to lead into some other, some other way to have full-time employment in the wrestling industry. So after, you know, 10 years of, you know, doing this on the side and working full-time at a couple other jobs, um, actually, I kind of threw in the towel on it almost. And, uh, you know, my kids are getting older, getting into sports. And uh, I saw that the open mat needed somebody to do high school rankings. And that kind of uh, reinvigorated me a little bit because, you know, you can, you can follow college and you can follow the top 100 recruits, 150 kids. And, you know, but, you know, when you're doing high school recruits or, you know, high school rankings, you've got to know the sixth place kid in Illinois or your, your California state qualifiers. Like you really got to go deep with it. So that kind of was a new challenge for me. And uh, that was uh, the 2017, 18 season. And after that season, the old editor, Alex Steen uh, left to take a job outside of the wrestling industry. And then I slid in as uh, the site editor and have been there ever since. It's uh that's Go good. Ahead. What guys? Um, you know, uh, thank goodness for guys like you too, Earl. Because what you said is absolutely true. To to do rankings and to know the sport, you got to do a deep dive. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, that sixth place kid in Illinois, and uh, you know, I think uh, I think people appreciate that we have more people. I mean, Flo's been instrumental, like you said. The growth of what they've been doing has been great for the sport. But it, you know, there's a lot of people out. Uh, you know doing the things like you're talking about and doing a great job and it's healthy for the sport. You know, I think it's, it's healthy for where we, where we're at and the growth that we're trying to promote. So that, that's a, that's a great thing that, that people like you understand, you got to do a really deep dive into this. If you're going to do a good job. Um, Earl, you alluded to the fact, you know, you brought up rankings. And so that's a, that's a fun transition. Um, that, that's a beast. You know, the fact that you, the fact that you guys are doing high school and college yeah. and, uh, you know, the open mat's really cool. You guys do it. You guys take it even, you know, a deeper dive. You do regional high school rankings. You do D2, you do D3. Um, you guys really spread the love out and, um, and go into all areas of wrestling. You know, you got into women's wrestling. You did women's recruiting wrestling, uh, women's recruiting rankings for the first time this year. Um, I mean, how big of a bear is it to wrestle, uh, to, to do all those things and to get them all organized and to have them out there in a, you know, a respectable fashion, like something that you feel proud that you can stand behind? Yeah, I mean, um, it's, it's funny because there's the, you know, quote, you find something you love, you're never going to feel like you work a day in your life. And, you know, I've had this job since I think it was May of 2018 and, I feel that way. And, you know, I, uh, was a 911 dispatcher for five years doing 12 hour shifts. And, uh, my, my wife says that I probably work more here than, you know, I did then, but it's, you know, I don't think much anything, you know, of the time it's, you know, fun for me. It's interesting. So it doesn't seem like much now you know, get to me, talk to me, uh, you know, last year, right before the conference weekend, when I'm trying to knock out what seven, eight previews within the same timetable. And that was uh, rather challenging, but uh, it's, it's also a challenge. And uh, I also like to think of the, the people that we're covering in the sport where, you know, they're going out and just you know, leaving their bodies out on the mat. And, you know, the least I could do would be, you know, turn in a respectable effort with the rankings we put out. Corey, I got a fun question for you. Yeah. And and then I want to hear their answers. Who do you think watches more wrestling in a given week with video and and so on and so forth? (laughs) Erslin or Earl? I'm going to guess Earl. You think Earl does? More ground to cover. It might, it might be the man has to cover more divisions. You know what I mean? Although, Hey, I've always said I need a clicker, right. In a given year, I'd like to just take a calendar year. And every time I watch a match, whether live or, you know, video, just hit a clicker. And then it's gotta be in the tens of thousands, you know, before we're, we're done. So uh, yeah, that's, that's an interesting thing. Earl, how much time do you spend? I mean, do you, besides just results, do you watch video? Is that something that you, you take the time to do a lot? I mean, and how do you, kind of view that or use it, I guess. 
I mean, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I still think maybe a, a college coach would probably watch more than me. I, I don't know, but, uh, you know, yeah, I, I'll do it. Uh, I mean, for fun Friday night on the big 10 network and then, uh, you know, trying to scan if I see a, a notable upset or, you know, a, a close match between two guys that I didn't wrestle, you know, watch live, I want to see how it played out. And, um, or if, you know, there's, there's a freshman and I, haven't seen much of him want to see exactly you know what he's made of what he's got so yeah there's there's a lot of maybe not watching a full dual meet start to finish but you know jumping between all these matches you bring up upsets and you bring up you know we're, we're still in, we're still in the throes of these of rankings and whatnot um when you go to watch those upsets um how much does the type of upset or how the match unraveled uh affect you know your rankings or is it or or do you take it as a straight win-loss deal oh that's a that's a excellent question <laughs> um i like to watch what i can and you know there, there are there are matches where you see it um I'll, you know i'll say two weeks ago when devin schroeder got pinned you know that's a match where I feel like it probably could have played out differently. It was kind of a weird situation. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily indicative of the level between the two kids. Um, so for that one, I kind of gave a little bit of leeway as far as, you know, the results of the rankings after that. Now, I don't know if that's a hundred percent fair because I can't do that with every single match that happens, but you know, I, I try to do that. Well, and I think this year too, it's presented so many different problems. I mean, you're gonna, you have to rank the kids, as you said, I mean, according to some wins and losses, situationally, it, it, it is different for each one. But think about COVID now, kids could be coming off, you know, a 10 day quarantine, who knows if their program was shut down, where they will train, you take Penn State, you know, clearly coming off of their, their, what, two week pause, and, and competing this weekend against, you know, uh, what was it, Indiana and Northwestern? What yep. are they going to be in a month if they can train regularly through? I think there's just so many, in particular this year, it will be really interesting to see not only how we see it at Big Tens, but, you know, how a lot of different results play out at all levels. You know, Michigan's not wrestling in high school yet. What's that do for those kids? And we have a kid signed, Stoney Buell, who's really good. He's going to seek his fourth state title, and he's, his team's going to seek their fourth team title but they're not wrestling. You know what I mean? And, and how do you handle those situations nas for national rankings? It's just, it's such a, a crazy year as we know. Uh, and it's, it's playing the havoc at probably all levels. Yeah. I mean, uh, I was actually just talking to somebody on Twitter about this. Um, you know, normally I'm pretty, uh, I don't like to give too much, I don't want to say I don't want to give too much credit to freshmen, but I'm more hesitant as far as moving freshmen in the rankings uh, quickly. It was funny because I think last year, uh, Kendall Coleman jumped really high, really fast, you know, based on his opening weekend. And, you know, he beat, I think, three national qualifiers and another stud freshman in Will Luan. So, you know, he deserved it and then he proved it along the way. But, uh, you know, this year, I feel like we're having to do you know, make more big jumps in the rankings where, you know, a lower seated guy beats a higher, higher guy, you know, there's not going to be all these opportunities along the way to, you know, strengthen your record at the Cliff Keen or, you know, some of these tournaments. So, you know, you got to deal with the results we're seeing. Um, and so, you know, again, there, I think there's a lot more freshmen that I've had in the rankings, higher up the rankings, you know, a month into the season, though you could also say we're in February, however you want to write right. it. Yeah, it cuts both ways, right? We're, 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 we barely started, but we're almost done. It's been, uh, you know, Erslin told me the other day, he said, and I don't know what the count's at now, but it was like, it was, there was only like 50 days left in the season. And I have to imagine it's, it's probably down in the forties. Mm. It's down in the forties now. So it's, uh, it's going to happen fast and furious. Um, kind of well, as Corey and I were talking about it this morning, you know, you talk about the small sample size, Yeah. you know, and you talk about like who guys, you know, 
you look at a kid like Nick Aguilar from, from Rutgers, you know, obviously you look at what he did last year, kid can wrestle. Um, He's very solid on the national scene. uh, Definitely deserving of a national ranking. Um, Hasn't won a match yet. Won a match yet. (laughs) But also like four of his five matches are against top 10 guys. Mm -hmm. So it's like, man, like how, how do you, how do you weigh that out? Yeah. I mean, really it's, it's funny because he's a guy, he was the number one guy that I was kind of thinking about for that, you know, and there, there's really no precedent for this type of thing. So it's, it's kind of on a case by case basis, but it's uh, you know, the, the guys in the big 10, it's, it's strange. You know, I was looking at your schedule from last year and you had the Michigan state open, you had, you know, some duels of the journeymen and, you know, some other, um, yep. you know, Mac teams and you could, you know, I'm sure you're scheduling that with a particular reasoning and the strategy in mind. And now you're just jumping into the big 10 schedule. So a guy like that can be 0-4 and, and still a really high quality wrestler. I'm eager to see, you know, how the NCAA qualifications uh, play out because we could see these these guys that make the national tournament that have two wins on two, three wins on a year. And, you know, they're a top 20, 25 wrestler. Yep. I mean, that's been uh, something I've actually, uh, we've talked to the team about a lot just going in because, you know, routinely, you know, we're going to wrestle nine matches and we've only got four left. You know, we've got two this weekend and then single duels each weekend after before we're done. And, you know, a lot of years, five and four in the Big Ten. If that was your Big Ten season, that means you had a pretty, you know, strong season. You were a top fifteen kid, maybe even a top ten, depending on who you had wrestled. And so it, you know, we talk all the time. It can't just be what's like a fixed mindset, right? Like fixed is just did I win or did I lose? This has got to be more about growth along the way, truly, because going into the national tournament, as you said, who's better prepared? The kid who was ten and two or the kid who was maybe five and five and then wrestled a hell of a schedule and been in, and been in the wars, you know what I mean? And, and I certainly have the perspective with our kids that, you know, us going into nationals, I don't care what the records are looking like, you know, you're prepared, you've wrestled that schedule and this is what it's going to take over the three days, you know, to get to the podium. So, but, but your points well taken in terms of how are they going to see, you know, how are we going to figure out who's there, you know, do some really good kids get left behind. That's, probably the worry of every coach anyway, you know, mm-hmm. about, you know, coming out of something like the big 10 and what the records may look like. Yeah. And, and Erzlan, I was going to add and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but um, historical data is going to be strongly considered in, in national seedings. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, they're going to give us the number of qualifiers based on the past five year average, you know, of historical data. That's how that's going to be measured. Um, I'm interested to see how it comes out though, because you've got some teams not competing. So what do they do with conferences where, you know, the Ivies, for instance, are not competing. So how does that factor in? I'm not quite sure yet. Um, where you're going to see this maybe really affect things though, is going to be in your wildcard selection. Okay. Now they're, again, they're going to have some consideration. I think it was at top 16 seeds. I don't have it in front of me, but I think it was top 16 seeds from last year. Um, and then top eight from two years ago. It will be a criteria for, you know what I mean, for uh, APR or APR wild card selection. Excuse me. So, you know, it's that's where it could be interesting because how do you measure a kid who's like I said has a few wins? Let's say Aguilar is just outside, and he's a top twenty kid, but he didn't qualify outright. He had a tough tournament. You know, maybe he's sitting there with a losing record. How do you measure him against you know a kid with a much better record, say from another conference? You know, that's, that's, I think, going to be a tricky deal because you won't have the sample size, um, as Earl had mentioned, you know, that we, we typically have. Yeah, and then, you know, as Earl brought up, you know, he talks about freshmen and the fact that they're not going to have any of that historical data. You know, they, 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 they may have a couple, couple decent wins this year. And so you're going to have to, I think we're, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see how the committee decides to factor in data from this year versus data from previous years and try to like, you know, marry the two things up to, to, to put together 33 guys at every weight. Yeah. Well, in the meantime, I think most people are getting their matches. I haven't looked nationally, but right. It's a race to four. You, you need four matches to, to fill that coaches ranking things, which starts after this weekend. Right. And we've got a couple guys that don't quite have their four yet. Right. They just returned last weekend. 
Um, you know, a guy like Griffin Perry, you know, I would mention, you know, that's a guy who's been ranked top 10 before, but he's, he's got two matches, you know, he's at two and zero right now and you need to get him for, cause you want him in the coaches ranking for each one. If you can, you know, there's more chaos if a kid's not in there and then he pops in at the very end of the year to get his four, you know, it's, it's, it's a moving kind of a target. So for us, it's been, let's get our four matches in, um, and then time to train and, and peak, you know, for big tens. Absolutely. Um, Earl, you, you know, you, you said initially on the show, you talked about, you know, Purdue wrestling is a program you like to follow. Um, you know, I, I've seen yet a lot of tournaments as we've been out and, and you've always been, uh, you've always been a fan. Um, what is it about Purdue and what is it about our program that, that we're doing that, that makes you follow that, that has made you a fan? Well, I just like to see the the gradual rise every year in the program uh, under Coach Erslin. So, um, you know, you like to see programs heading in the right direction. You you, I appreciate a team in the Big Ten that you know is is moving up. You know, you, you had Penn State with Kale Sanderson. They came, you know, they kind of flew up. But that's kind of the aberration. It's not easy to move up in the big 10. So I have a lot of respect for, you know, as a school like Purdue that has gotten better, you know, the, it seems like every year the recruiting classes get a little better. Um, you know, there's a little more star power. Just, uh, and again, um, you know, we did a social media ranking for um, signing day this year and um, I mean, it's it for the media. It's it's cool seeing a lot of different features about the program. I'm sure the fans and alumni they appreciate it. So seeing, um, you know, someone outside of the coaching staff that engages um, engages fans, alumni, media. You know, again, that makes it fun being able to click on that information instead of you know having to search search for it. Yeah, no, and I, you know, I'll take this opportunity to thank both these guys on here, right, Corey and Tanner. They they spearheaded that, so uh, we appreciate you acknowledging that, right? I mean, I, I think wrestling deserves that attention, and I do. I feel very fortunate to be at a school where uh, these guys value the sport and and want to really promote our student athletes. So I, I do. I thank you. Uh, obviously, Earl, you do a tremendous job, and that's why you're on. But uh, these two guys, you know, feel very blessed to have them helping promote the, this sport to, uh, to the people. And as I told Tony this year, you know, I, I gave Tony an extra, an extra thank you this year. Um, this year's recruiting class was uh, hands down the easiest to find information on. And I think that that speaks to the, uh, you know, the caliber of wrestler that those kids are. And also, you know, the, uh, the type of kids they are. Um, those two, you know, those three kids, they were, uh, I mean, every day they're in constant contact with, with me and the staff, you know, on a day-to-day week-to-week basis. And we, you know, we talk to them often, they're very responsive um, and, you know, they're all very accomplished. And so being able to find all that data and being able to package it in a way that fans could consume it um, was, was easier than it's ever been before. So hats off to Tony for, for going out and getting yeah. some good getting some good kids to, to say yes and uh, and and getting those guys those guys on board that was um that was a fun that was a fun deal you put together on that Earl and I thought it was you know it was fun to see what some of the other schools did and, and how they how they worked that out to promote their kids too yeah and, and that that got me a little bit of vitriol from uh, different. Uh, SID departments and stuff like that and coaching staffs who, who take a lot of pride in that. But uh, yeah, it was good. Uh, it's kind of like good. rankings though, Earl. Nobody, yeah. you can't please them all, can you? No. It's kind of like rankings. No. <laughs> so. I wanted to jump in here, Earl. Um, you, you've been doing this for a little while now and I, I don't know that there's anything that's, that's evolved as much as, you know, the internet, social media, you know, the live streaming, television coverage, you know, the BTN coming on board full, full go with wrestling. Just how much have things changed in, in your day to day and, and, and what matters versus what doesn't you're doing social media recruiting rankings for goodness sake, which is freaking awesome, but also like, didn't, not only didn't exist five years ago, but like social media didn't exist 10 years ago. 
like how much has everything changed and, and has it made it easier, harder, both for, for you to do your job? Um, I think it, it makes it a lot easier in terms of, you know, being able to engage with the coaches, the athletes, um, you know, I'm sure, you know, maybe you guys would feel differently as far as, you know, sometimes with the athletes being able to engage with media and fans, you know, generally it's good, but it, maybe it has its downfalls here and there or potential hazards, but, uh, you know, overall it's great in being able to, uh, you know, just see if you put out a little excerpt of a takedown and sudden victory, you know, you put out that out through the team account, you know, that, that's, that's fun, that, um, that gets a lot of run. So, you know, I, I think that's, that's great. And I like to see the schools that kind of really lean into it and, and uh, see the value in it. I think that, you know, as wrestlers, we kind of have a mentality that, we're going to go out there and prove it on the mat and, you know, let our work speak for itself. And I've learned through my experiences in the real world that not everybody else in the world feels the same way. And you, you do have to, you know, let everybody know your accomplishments. You do have to, um, you know, get people in the arena to watch the mat. Well, in a normal year, you would have to get people in the arena, give them a reason to come to matches, have a cool promotion, uh, you know, something like that. And I, I think that, you know, a lot of wrestling coaches maybe didn't see the value in that uh, 10 years ago or so, but um, it, it's fun seeing that now. No, that's good. I mean, count me among those guys that just, you want to keep your head down and you want to, you know, you want to recruit and then you want to develop. So again, you know, it's, it's good that you have people like Tanner, and Corey, who, who look out for that side and see the value. You know, I, I mean, like I said, you count me old school in that. I mean, I am, I, I'm a convert, right? I'm a convert. I understand the value and why we need to do it. I'm dragging uh, along, kicking and screaming. You know, he's, <laughs> he's, coming, he's coming a long way. <laughs> That's right. I I mean, I, you know, I retweet stuff now, you know, I don't uh -huh. tweet a bunch, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm a champ with that retweet button. You know, I'm, I'm good there. So, <laughs> but but no, I think you're absolutely right. You, you got to invest in that side. It's, you know, you're dealing with young people and branding. And even as you think now about, you know, name image likeness, right? Those things coming down the pipe with, uh, with uh, the NCAA rules. I think that's going to play a big part too. I think it's the world we live in and you, you got to embrace it. And for me, change how I think about it. Well, speaking of change, let's, uh, let's jump topics and let's look back at uh, the weekend that was. Uh, Boilermakers went out to uh, tropical Piscataway, New Jersey last weekend. Always great uh, this time of year. Yeah, oh. no, it was a whirlwind trip, uh, 36 hours. Um, we beat the storm out. We beat the storm coming back. So we got really lucky from a weather standpoint. Um, went one and one out there, uh, losing to uh, number 15, Minnesota, but uh, beating number 20, Rutgers, for the second straight year in their gym. Um Tony, kind of what were your overall takeaways from the weekend and, and some, some standout performances that are worth mentioning? Yeah, I mean, you know, as a coach, you, you, you can get caught up in the negative, and I'm still trying to figure out Minnesota a little bit more. But I'll say this, um, to have the guys respond, you know, we challenged them after the Minnesota duel, and I'll, I'll talk more about that here in a minute. But to, have, to challenge them and to have them respond and beat a, you know, a good team like Rutgers in their gym, minus the fans, obviously, but still tough, you know, you're on in the rack, was, was good that we ended on a high note. Uh, we've, we we kind of turned it up and responded, and they did a good job being able to walk out of the gym feeling better about the day. So, so kudos to the kids for responding in the right way. Um, you know, with, with Minnesota, you know, I just feel like we got beat to the punch a little bit too often. We lost four one-point matches and had another close match in there. Was it five? You know, five one. I mean, that's the duel, right? And we just we just were always getting beat to the punch, uh, and and so I just really felt like we were we were a little stagnant, maybe a little stale. You know, our energy, our enthusiasm. You know, the word I used with the team the other day was, "Man, you got to compete with enthusiasm," and we just didn't get our motor running enough early. To, to win those one point matches. You know what I mean? Certainly a high point is, is Tom Panola, um, still rolling hard, doing his thing. He's a guy that I think people are gonna more and more become aware of. You know, I, I really feel like he's a tremendous kid and 
if you follow like Earl does, he's, you know, he beat ILO out at, you know, out at, uh, out at Omaha, you know what I mean? He beat, yeah. he beat, you know, he beat Traxler. Now Traxler's up at heavyweight, but another very good kid. So I think, you know, Panola continues to show that he's, he's going to be a factor. Um, and we've got still, we've got a lot of really good kids, but when you're short, you know, on, on that many one point matches, you're not going to beat, uh, you know, a team like Minnesota. And so it's, it's gotta be, you know, we, we got the details, you know, from the warm up to the mindset, to the energy, you know, the, the energy on the bench even. And I know it's tough when, when you lose a couple matches in a row, one point matches and Devin usually does a great job of getting our motor running, but it just seemed like we were a little too reserved. You know, we, we needed to be creating our own energy more than we did. There's no fans in there to get you going. And usually the rack is great for that, right? There's people in there calling you names and getting after and, and, and you can feed on that. But I just felt like we were a little flat and, uh, and we've got to do a better job um, for, for creating our energy and creating, uh, you know, uh, competing with enthusiasm. I think our team did, like I said, they responded well, and I want to give them credit for that. Uh, we got to learn from that. We cannot come out flat because you're not going to necessarily get a second chance, right? Is at the end of the year, you know, you put your foot on the line at big tens, you know, you got to be ready. You can't come out and start slow. So we got, we got to learn from that. How hard is it, Tony? You know, you t- I alluded to it in the recap. Um, you know, we've talked about it. Like you look at the team score with Minnesota and it's, it's really easy to be, you know, disheartened and, and negative and, and kind of upset about it all. But then, you know, that duel was a lot closer than the final score was, you know, like you said, five, one point matches, you know, uh, <clears throat> Devin Schroeder was five, four, Emil Sundland was four, three, Max Lyon was six, five. Like these were all matches in which, you know, we scored takedowns. We scored, you know, we, there, there was some offense for, for our guys, um, but just a little short. Uh, so how, how hard is it to not get caught up in the final score and, and understand that, you know, the yeah. margin, the margin was this, was this much. Yeah. I, I, and I mentioned it a little bit earlier, right? Like you, it's easy to get caught up in this fixed mindset, right? Like you, you let a result kind of a place, whether it was um, a good performance or a bad performance. And let's be honest, you can win and have wrestled terrible. Right. I mean, and so, you know, I, I don't want to just look at it just from a win loss perspective. I, to me, it's easily fixable. You can easily flip it around. You know what I mean? Um, and in matter of fact, it's a couple of finishes, really. I mean, you think we got gave up a first period takedown at 141 with Phileas. You know, he was in on the leg two, three times at the end and let finishes get out of bounds on him or let a guy kick out. Uh, Kendall Coleman was had the leg up on, on Brayton Lee late in the third, you know, down a point. Could have been the match there. Takedown and a ride out. So, no, these things are, are easily fixable. But the fact of the matter is, I didn't feel like we were ready to go early enough in the match. Those matches were won and lost on the first takedown in the first period. And it shouldn't happen that way. You know, that's, that's not acceptable. Uh, our guys understand that. And, I, and their response, like I said, was good. It was good on uh, the Rutgers duel. And then their response in the room yesterday was good. So I, I think, you know, they understand, you know, that where they fell short and they'll, they'll write the ship. Um, but now it's, it's not a thing where you look at it and you're just, you're dejected because, you know, the score was very lopsided. Uh, I think it's more like, Hey, we're better than this. You know, you're disappointed and, and we can't, we got to fix this. And so, uh, you know, our goal, you know, we've got Iowa, you know, coming out of the gate on Sunday, man, when you put your foot on the line, you got to be ready. You know, you got to be ready for a hard seven. So, so that will be where our mindset lies. Earl, similar question for you, obviously very different vantage point. You look at a duel, you look at a duel like that Minnesota duel on, uh, on Sunday where, you know, the overall team score was, 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 was lopsided, but um, like you said, five, one point, five, one point matches. How does that, you know, how is that consumed externally by, by the media? Do, do they, do they dive in and look at the close matches or is it just the team score that kind of like, jumps off the page and, and you, you check a box and move on. Um, it's funny because I kind of had the, the same question for Coach Erslin that you just had about the one-point matches and such. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the score jumped off the page at me, but I'm going to look at each box score and see how it played out. And you see you have those close matches. So, you know, yeah, the score looks bad. But 
um, it was much closer than the uh, the score indicates. And as far as you know, team rankings go, you know, I gave Minnesota credit with the team rankings, but not so much, um, you know, dropping Purdue down. And you know, at the same time, kind of a lot of the teams that were in that area where uh, Purdue fell they kind of had their losses on the weekend too. So that kind of uh, contributed to not much changing in the rankings. Yeah. No, How I much did the, go ahead, Tony. Well, I was going to say, you know, that's, that's big 10 wrestling. <clears throat> we talked about it on an individual level. Right. And I think we've mentioned it in the past, this team, you know, and you've got to do it. So I'm, you know, I'm not uh, lobbying for anything other than, um, the kids need to understand it. one match. It was a one match, uh, difference for us, you know, with Illinois, right. We're ahead by a point going in the last duel. If we, if we, we lost a match on riding time, if you take that away, you have a win over Illinois. If Devin Schroeder just wins and doesn't uh, give up the fall, we beat Wisconsin. You know what I mean? We have a win over Rutgers. So the margin, right. It's, it comes down to the details as it does for the individual. It will come down to that for Devin Schroeder, Kendall Coleman, whoever, you, it, you've got to fix these things. You don't ignore them. You don't just say, hey, we're close, and then you just go on with life. No, you address why you were short, where you were short, how you were short. You address it, but from a confidence standpoint, from a focus standpoint, you don't let it deter you. I mean, if you just look at the box score, as you said, that jumps off the page, but you know, you got to show a kid you know, how we fix this, right? There always has to be, here's the plan of how this, this turns this result in your favor. You know, and that can mean the difference in the world. I mean, I'll use an example. I learned this early in my career. Jesse Whitmer, which I think his 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 story is well documented, right? One year in the lineup, he had been tech falled uh, earlier in the year from a, a young man from Michigan State, right? And it was all top, okay? And the guy got on top, and he rolled him up, and that was it. That was the dual meet against Michigan State. We saw him again at nationals and had fixed, you know, he had fixed some of the bottom things that he did. He wrestled a much cleaner match, and he's on, you know, he's past him and then on to the semis and the finals, and he wins the title. So, you know, it's, it's about having perspective on what you're doing, right? It's, it's not just, well, it was a loss, and so that's, that's what it is. You know what I mean? I don't think that's indicative uh, obviously, obviously of our team, but those are the things that you need to look at when you're addressing your kids and, and how you make things go the direction you want to. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> you talked about bounce back performances. Um, you talked about the bomb, um, you know, no bigger, no bigger bounce than that of Devin Schroeder, you know, took a, took a loss five, four in the opener to Patrick McKee comes back and gets what ends up being the decisive pin um, in the Rutgers duel, rolls up, rolls up Nick Aguilar, built a 13-0 lead before, before sticking him. Um, did that really set the tone for us in that second duel? Is, is, was that was, you know, obviously, you know, the points ended up being the difference, but like, how did that, how did that work for the team? I, I think, like I said, I was very unhappy with our energy from the bench. And, and, and this year with no fans, you have to build your own energy. And so I, no, I think that definitely contributed, right? Like he comes out, he gets the fall, he gets the things going. Um, you know, Jake Rundell follows up with battling hard, right? He didn't give up bonus there. Parker Phileas really wrestled a very strong match against, uh, you know, Rivera, right? Competed very well, was right there. Um, so th there was a tone that was set early in that duel that the guys kept, you know, following up on. Okay. And everybody went out and battled hard where, like I said, we didn't do a good job. You know, the next man up has got to go do his job. He's got to fight. He's got to do his job. And the, the, the wind kind of came out of the sails, you know, especially I think, you know, Alec white pops his knee, you know, there's six more going against us. And so you just felt like the guys, they lost a little steam. And we needed to have steam. You know, you, you've got to have all the energy you can have against, you know, good teams in the Big Ten. So, so that's the lesson these guys need to learn. You know what I mean? They need to stay into the duel and still realize the best way you help your team is when you put your foot on the line. you got to be ready to rock and roll, no matter what's happened before you got there. Exactly. Um, Tony brought up Thomas Panola earlier. And I'm really, I'm really curious to hear Earl's thoughts about Thomas. You know, Thomas 5-0 on the season. Uh, you know, cracking into the rankings at 197, spent last year at 285 where he was a national qualifier. Um, 
where do you see a guy like Tom fitting in Earl on the national scene? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's one, uh, you know, 197 is kind of a weight class where, um, I don't know, maybe it cleared out a little bit with, uh, you know, some of the seniors. And I really like to see a guy that competed at a higher weight the previous year, um, you know, then coming down to the new weight class and, you know, kind of shows, and, and not only competed at the higher weight, he had success there. So I think it shows a certain kind of toughness and, uh, you know, determination. And I think that's really going to serve him well. I think, you know, 197 is a weight class where you do have, you know, opportunities to move up. So um, I, I really could see him moving up for from his current spot. Uh, you know, personally, I'm really interested to see how the Jacob Warner match uh, against Iowa goes. You know, that's uh, really going to be a good barometer of where he's at right now. Yep, no doubt. Corey, I know you're a big Thomas Panola fan. Um, what, what, is, what have you seen from Tom this year that, uh, you know, as opposed to last year that has, has you excited and has, you know, his prospects up? I think he's just, he's relentless. He, he's kind of always attacking. He's sort of got that, that mentality. He just, he, he, he's like, he, he doesn't have a reverse. He only knows how to go forward. You know, he doesn't really have a neutral. He only knows how to go <laughs> forward. And, and it's just so exciting to watch that, you know, especially in the upper weights where you can be really good by being kind of stagnant, you know, uh, to see somebody who's always, to coin the phrase, always aggressive. Uh, uh, it's, it's dynamite drop in Corey way to work it in, buddy. I got you coach. Um, it's just, it's really cool to see. And, and the fact that he's just still, you know, so young, uh, uh, I I'm, I'm excited to see where his career continues to go from here. It's easy to forget that he's just a sophomore, right? It is. Yeah. Him and Kendall, him and Kendall both, I think, uh, you know, because we're so wrapped in up in it day to day and we see these kids every day um, to think about the fact that we have, you know, maybe two, two to three years of both of those kids mm -hmm. left um, is uh, kind of crazy and also really exciting. Um, a couple, a couple notes about Tom, just uh, uh, leading the team in takedowns so far this season with 22. Uh, leading the team in bonus points wins. He's got two majors in attack. Um, leading the team in total points scored, uh, margin of victory. Uh, he is, um, you know, you, you threw it in there, the titular line, uh, you know, always aggressive. Uh, Tony, he's he's bringing it. He's he's a man on mission. What have you seen from Tom? No, he's, he's a guy who he's mastered what is maybe the toughest part sometimes for people of the sport. Uh, he's willing to wrestle hard through everything, you know, he's, he doesn't have, when he goes out, he's not thinking about, you know, am I going to get tired or, you know, what this or that, right? Like he just wants to wrestle hard through all of his positions. And he's starting, as I've said before, to add more leg attacks. Clearly last year at heavyweight, you know, him being a very small heavyweight, usually weighing in around 217, 218, going underneath those big boys was not the prospect. So he, you know, he had to rely on hand fighting and controlling ties and find ways to score, you know, maybe late when they're tired, not moving their feet. He's started to figure out how to add in his leg attacks sooner and put points on the board. And like I said, he's mastered kind of, you know, fatigue. He's not worried about it. He's just going to go wrestle and, and compete. And hey, we'll see where we end up. You know, he has that courage to go do that where some kids want to hold back and try to get through and, and he doesn't carry that out there with him. So, you know, uh, he's, he's got control of the mind and, and knows he can push hard through lots of situations. I remember Any talking to Dylan Lighty last year and, and, and you know, he, he pointed out that Tom Panola, it, it clicked for him um, somewhere in the middle of his freshman year, he, he's like, you know, Lighty said it, it took me three, three and a half years to understand the right approach. And Panola already gets it. He's just, he's so far ahead of the game in that regard mentally. Yep. Any other standout moments from the Rutgers duel from you, Earl, or from, or from you, Tony, that, that bear mention? Uh, I mean, listen, for me, it was uh, the, the kids rebounded. We've still got a lot to work on. You know what I mean? There's, there's, you know, there's some things, you know, I, I guess I'm always thinking about where we, we need to situations we need to fix. We left some points out there. 
situationally we didn't wrestle you know some of the the, the tougher moments like we want to so no I'm, I'm happy that we competed hard I think you know you got to wrestle hard you got to wrestle smart and so for us kind of you know fixing some of those situational moments you know I think about Max Lyon he was in the room actually right before I came up here you know what I mean uh with you guys he was in the room this morning you know he took a he took a shot from open space in, in, a, in a tight match you know, and, and gave up the easy go behind, you know what I mean? And, and he's willing to wrestle hard. It's just understanding what the moment calls for and trusting it. And so th that's where I'm at. I mean, I'm, I'm happy that the kids, like I said, they, 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 they responded and they should be proud that they did. Right. But at the same time, we, you know, we, we got to buckle down and work on some of our situational wrestling because we're going to have lots of situations coming our way this weekend that we're going to have to win in tight matches. Early, any other moments from the Rutgers duel that, that you wanted to talk about? Um, in addition to, you know, the guys that you've covered already, you know, seeing uh, Griffin Perry in the lineup, you know, that was good. Um, and then the freshman Garrett Ninehouse, you know, going out there, him getting a shutout win. Um, you know, I've been paying attention to the freshman and, you know, he he's – I'm familiar with him being on the East coast. So uh, yeah, I, I like seeing him getting a win as well. That's why it's good to have you on Earl. So you'll find some really, some good things, right? Like I'm, I'm stuck <laughs> and I got to fix this and we got to do some, <laughs> oh, I got to watch my, uh, we got to do some stuff better. Right. So I appreciate Take that out. Corey, hit the bleep for me, buddy. Put the black bar over <laughs> my mouth or something. Will you? But, um, but no, like, you know, that you're right. You know, it was it was good to have uh, Griffin Perry back and go two and oh, you know, he's back in there. He's like I said, he's got a chance to get his his four matches this week and, you know, and be eligible for the coaches rank. Uh, Garrett, what is he three and one now, I believe, you know, so yes, yes. so you're right. You know, a young guy in there who's who's uh, competing hard, you know, and learning as he goes. Um, so those are those are all you're right. Those are all good, good, solid moments that we can build on. Earl is the uh, Earl's rankings are the lone national rankings to take notice of our young man, Mr. Nyanhouse this season. He's got him in the top 33 at 165 pounds uh, up a spot this week, as a matter of fact, from from 32 to 31. So hopefully some other people start to take notice as he uh, as he gets into this season a little deeper. Um, big weekend coming up. We got top ranked Iowa. Uh, number, I believe, 11. I haven't checked this week's rankings to see where Ohio State is, but um, the Buckeyes are coming to town as well for a tri-duel. Lots of BTN coverage. They're going to cover our duel with the Hawkeyes, and they're going to cover the Hawkeyes and the Buckeyes. Lots of eyes in there. Um, and, uh, and then we'll wrap up the day uh, courtesy of our man Corey Palm on BTN Plus against the Buckeyes. Um, going to be a long but great day of wrestling, Tony. No, it's, it's exciting, especially to be back home, right? Two weeks on the road now, you know, as you said, we battled the weather and in and out with Rutgers. So uh, really excited to be back home and you just got to value every opportunity, right? I mean, if we've learned one thing in this pandemic, it's you got, it's, tomorrow's not, not granted, you know what I mean? Um, so we, we've got to value it and that's what I'm looking for. You know, I want to see that enthusiasm out of our guys. You, you don't know how many opportunities you get. So you've got to take advantage of everyone. So just really excited to be back in and, and look forward to the opportunity to test ourselves. Uh, no shortage of great matchups on, on the docket for this weekend. Earl, any that stand out to you that you're especially looking forward to that you, you, you want to see out there on, on, on the mat? I mean, I, I mentioned uh, Warner and Panola at 197. I think uh, 157 with Kendall Coleman and Caleb Young. I think they had a one-point match and then an overtime fall at the Midlands. So, you yep. know, those guys are right there with each other. That's that's a guy that, uh, you know, he, he's going to be fighting for a spot on the podium. Uh, Caleb Young, tough guy, uh, good good contrast to style. So, you know, th that's one that I'm really focused on. Yeah, there's we, we could go on. Like I said, there there is no shortage of great matchups this weekend. It's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, you know, we have, we have the limited attendance of, of the friends and family of, of the home teams that'll be able to be in there. So we'll get a little, hopefully we get a little bit of atmosphere in the gym, but um, it'll be great that we're able to, uh, to stream all those and, and get national television coverage to, uh, to be able to watch 
some of those matchups. Uh, Corey, any other, any other matchups that are on your radar for, for this weekend? Um, you know, we saw it a couple times last year and, and we all know what a buzzsaw Spencer Lee is, but you know, I'm, I'm really, I'm looking forward to seeing how Devin goes out and competes with him. Uh, if, if he can continue that, uh, that growth, like you say, and, and, you know, stay, stay in that match, compete and, uh, and, and keep himself, give, keep himself a chance to win that, that should be a good one. Um, you know, there, there's a couple challenges, uh, within Ohio state as well. There's, there's good opportunities, you know, it's hopefully we get a chance to see a guy like Sammy Sasso wrestle for the Buckeyes, you know, uh, that, that could be, you know, fun. It's just, like you said, there's a lot of names. Um, the, the, the lid lifter on, on Sunday mornings, the one I'm most looking forward to, 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 to see that competition. Absolutely. And Devin Schroeder also, um, uh, he should have an opportunity to uh, to match up with a red hot Malik Heinzelman yeah. from Ohio State. You know he's he's got wins over a bunch of guys uh, already this season that he had previously lost to, and so um, it'll be fun to see Devin get out there with him as well. Great great lineup at 125 between the three duels. Um, action will get started at 11:30 a.m. live on the Big Ten Network with Purdue and the Hawkeyes. Um, Anything else, Corey, that we that we have uh, missed or skipped over today? I I don't think so. Uh, uh, no, no, I think we, we got everything on my checklist. Earl, thanks for joining us again. This is this is fantastic. I've got a million questions, but we've already gone almost an hour, so I'll I'll, I'll uh, we'll save those for another time. Oh uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, anytime I'm down to talk. Appreciate it, Earl. Oh, good to see you, buddy. Yeah, thanks, guys. All right, so once again, the Boilermakers take on the Iowa Hawkeyes and the Ohio State Buckeyes Sunday. See the Iowa Duel live on the Big Ten Network and the Ohio State Duel on ETN+. Plus. Thanks again to Earl Smith from The Open Mat, theopenmat.com. Check him out. Appreciate his time here today. And uh, until next week, boiler up.